Hello, this is Susan Kilkenny. Welcome to TaftCast, an internal series of podcasts and webcasts for attorneys and staff to share tips, trends, and additional insight on the marketing and business development front. And now, let's listen. The New York Times recently conducted a survey and found that 44% of respondents reported feeling more isolated and lonely working from home. Conferences, social events, lunches, and site visits are no longer readily available. It is now essential to build relationships remotely through video conferences, social media, and virtual events. People want to feel connected, but at the same time, many are suffering from Zoom fatigue. With these ideas in conflict with one another, How can attorneys connect with clients in memorable and authentic ways? How can we approach business development differently to create experiences that will bring about meaningful connections? Today's TaftCast episode aims to address these questions and offer creative solutions and approaches for business development in today's virtual world. Hello, I'm Katherine Farrell, Taft's Event Marketing Manager based out of our Chicago office. And I'm Christine Migley, Taft Senior Marketing and Events Specialist based out of Minneapolis. Today's podcast will also feature Jing Jin, a partner in the Minneapolis office, who will share her insights on the importance of virtual business development and how she is connecting with clients during this very unusual time. Odds are you've attended a webinar online, watched an on-demand workout class, or joined a meeting using a video conferencing tool. You may have even attended a conference from the comfort of your desk. These are all examples of virtual events. A virtual event is one where individuals experience the event and its content online rather than gathering in person. Hosting a virtual event requires the same care and attention as hosting an in-person event. The event lifecycle remains the same, starting with defining the event purpose, goals, audience, and budget. Both formats require preparation and logistical planning to successfully promote the event and develop content that will engage your attendees. And just as we do with in-person events, there must be a plan in place for post-event outreach to thank attendees and evaluate success. The first question to ask is why do you need to host a virtual event or put time and resources into business development? While the Minneapolis Finance Practice Group is a great example of why to do this and how it has been successful. This team goes above and beyond to build client relationships and they have not let COVID stop them from this important part of their work. In the last few months, I've worked with them to have donuts delivered to clients on a Saturday morning, I'm setting up a cocktail class, and I've collaborated with Jing Jin on a unique way to have coffee with some of our Chicago clients. Jing offers a great attorney perspective on the importance of personal touch for business development. I'd like to welcome Jing Jin to TaftCast. Jing is a partner in the Finance Practice Group and has been with Taft in Minneapolis for about five and a half years. She also serves on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee and is a new member of the Women of Taft Group. Welcome, Jing. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. 
Great. Well, I thought we could just jump right in. And if you wanted to talk a little bit about your personal style with um, client development, we can just start there. Sounds great. I've actually been thinking of and I just, the more I think about it, the more like meaningful it is to me to share this advice with other people. You know, some people take it, some people won't, you know, you you got to, you know, do your style, right? You got to do you. But, but you know, we're still a relationship business. It may, maybe it's one-on-ones rather than large groups. You know, I think we as lawyers tend to want to think that we're hired by our clients for our brains and for our skill. I really want to think, you know, that, that clients hire me for those things only because those are objective qualities that um, that I worked very hard to achieve. And I want them to, to think that I'm just the best lawyer that they've ever met. And I want them to think that my client service is second to none and that my responsiveness couldn't be better and that the work that I generate and the agreements that I draft are, are works of art. But um, all lawyers want that. And so the thing that's going to distinguish you from other lawyers who have, who bring that same thing to the table, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, you know, my, my agreements are works of art and that my clients are services second to none. The thing that gets clients coming back to me personally is, is going to be that personal interaction. It's going to be their, their affinity for me on, on a quality that is beyond just being a good lawyer. And that quality is, you know, hopefully that I'm a good person that they enjoy working with. They enjoy something about my work style or my communication style that for them is 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 a leg above the competition. Um, and, you know, our group, um, the finance group, has historically always taken a really um, pointed personal touch with our clients because even though we work for really large institutions like JP Morgan and BMO Harris and you know US Bank like these these banks are some of the biggest in the world much less the country um and they have their they have their you know in-house legal counsels who tell them this list of law firms are the ones that you are allowed to use there's been a, a lot of hours spent by leadership in law firms around the country um, trying to do, trying to figure out how they can stay on those lists, how they can get on a list. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I think ultimately, you know, great client service, responsiveness, no, knowledge of your legal area, um, and, and, and being good lawyers is really just the very base level thing. Um, there are a lot of firms that, are, are that, that can bring that to the table and don't get to stay on those lists or don't get added on those lists. Ultimately, in-house legal counsel will go to, the, go to their bankers. Go to their internal clients and ask them, who do you work with? What are you looking for when you work with somebody? And if you have an individual customer or, you know, hopefully many who speak up for you when those lists get disseminated, you know, that's going to be enough to keep you there. And, and, and so it ultimately comes down not to the organization, but to the individual clients. And those individual clients, just like us, are people. And so we need to, you know, maintain relationships with the people. And maintaining a relationship with the people can go beyond just having lunches. I mean, in, especially in the COVID world, um, you know, lunches, dinners, things that you normally would do where um, where you can sit down and have a conversation with somebody. It can be it can be trickier to do that. Um, but you know, you can have a personal touch. But in other instances, um, you know, in circumstances that that our our finance group has always consistently done is um, know the individual clients in 
in a way that allows us to celebrate them as human beings, as, as people with life, with life, um, you know, with lives outside of work, um, with personal milestones. So if someone gets a promotion, obviously professional, but we would send them a gift. If someone um, got engaged, we send them a gift. If they got married, we sent them a gift. If they had a baby, we sent them a gift and the baby a gift. You know, like these are things that make people feel so special and make our clients feel so special and so cared for on, on, a, on a personal level, being able to touch them um, in a way that it goes beyond, you know, um, the, the professional relationship, but, you know, showing that we invest in them as human beings and as people. And that's also how we maintain those relationships when these clients move on from organization to organization. Even if, let's say, they move to an organization where they don't have, um, where, let's say, we're not on the approved list or there isn't a pre-existing relationship, that person can bring that relationship there and suddenly we have an in. And that organization now is your client as well. Something that somebody, that uh, that Mike Gordon, the, the head of our group, said to me when I first joined um, Taft in Minneapolis years ago, I was going with him on, on, on a few uh, meetings with clients. You know, he was introducing me to the clients that he's had for many years. And I was really, I was remarking to him how, you know, the, the, the client relationship for him with these individuals felt more like friendships than they did like client relationships. You know, and, and he said, um, you know, he pointed out that these people are friends. And ultimately what it comes down to is if you can get someone to like you, whether they be a client or, you know, somebody else, if they like you on a personal level, they will want you to succeed and you will want them to succeed. Giving you work, sending you work, sending you referrals, whatever it might be, is something that they're going to feel naturally inclined to do without feeling forced to do it because they like you as a human and they want you to succeed. You know, investing in people is pays off ultimately professionally because people are ultimately what the business is about, and people are the ones who get to decide whether you have professional success or not. Great. That is really interesting, and I think a lot of people could use that information um, who haven't really thought of it in that way before. Right. Um, ultimately a part of like building a community too, you know, with your, with your clients, um, you know, your clients likely know other clients, um, at least, you know, in the finance space, all of the bankers know each other. Um, and so, you know, bankers know each other, they're friends with each other, they're friends with you. Um, it, it really ends up being a, kind of like a, a community and, um, you know, community that kind of supports each other. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that ultimately clients do kind of compete with each other for their own work as well. And, but, um, but you know, it's all about a, a rising tide, you know, floats all ships. Um, so, you know, building a community and having that kind of communal relationship with your with your client is kind of the key to key to professional success, I think. Do you want to talk a little bit about some examples? Um, I know you've done some creative things um, that have deepened client relationships that I've worked with you on, you know, in addition to events and things like that. Even in COVID, if you wanted to give a couple examples, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a series of transactions with this with this client, and the very first, you know, it was like eight or nine deals over the course of a year, and that's a lot. I mean, it was a very ambitious thing to try to do this all within a year, anyways. On the very first transaction, I got to see them for another larger client event, and I showed up at this event, and I was wearing—I happened to be wearing a brooch. 
And these bankers that, um, you know, it's a big deal team that was working on these transactions at this bank. Um, the bankers saw my brooch and they were ooing and eyeing over it. And, um, and uh, it became kind of this joke over the course of the evening about my brooch. So I took the brooch off and I gave it to one of the bankers who happens to be this huge former football player. And I was like, you wear this brooch for the rest of the night. And he was, he thought it was kind of funny. So he wore it around and, um, and it was sort of a joke of the evening. And then I said, he tried to give it back to me. And I said, no, 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 you keep this. You keep this and you give it back to me when the deal, when, when all eight deals are done. And he declined because he was like, you know, I don't want to lose it and, you know, whatever. Um, so he declined, but that gave me an idea. I was like, well, what if after this all is over, all of these deals are over, I give them brooches. And so <laughs> 10 months later, <laughs> call it, um, I, the deals were all done. And I um, decided to execute on that. And so I went to um, Overstock.com. Um, about these brooches, they got mailed to the office. And I tasked you, Christine, with taking these brooches and presenting them in a way that made them look posh. And you did a great job. You found this beautiful box. Um, you put the brooches in there. I mean, the brooches were just sparkly. They were super sparkly. I found the sparkliest brooches that I could find. There were some that were actually kind of classy and others that were just completely ostentatious. And um, and I showed up at their office and I brought this container in, this box in with these brooches. And Christine, you weren't there, but you should have seen their faces. I bring it in and I open, I let them open it up and they were thrilled. And uh, and, and to this day, um, you know, I know for a fact that those bankers still have those brooches hanging up in their cube. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, every time they see it, they think about Jing Jin. They think about, you know, Matt Tomback. They think about the deal team at Taft that got them through, you know, a very busy and, and successful year. Um, and, and so that, you know, that's that's ultimately what it's about, right? We just need to stay top of mind with clients. Um, and, and we can do that, um, you know, by, by not just being in front of them for a meal or a happy hour, and then we're out of mind when we walk away, but by being an ever present, um, you know, fixture in, in their daily professional life, uh, with, with a visual reminder of who we are and what we've done for them. Doing. I love that. I love how memorable that is and how different it is. I mean, you can't just make that up. And then every time they look at that, it brings back that memory um, yep. and that yep. a smile to their face. There are other, uh, you know, attorneys that they work with who they don't have that with. Who are they going to think of first? Right. 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 And, and and would they ever move the deal away from us now? I mean, there are other people right. who can provide client service. There are other people who can provide, you know, uh, responsiveness and, 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 you know, clean and um, tight drafting. But, you know, where else can they have that relationship now? And, you know, every lawyer, there might be other firms that have a different relationship, but this one is distinct and this one is distinct to, to me and to our group. I mean, you know, with our quirky sense of humor and our, 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 our you know, brooch <laughs> brooches are fashion accessories you know um that's not something that really you can't replicate that i mean i love sitting at my desk and drafting for eight hours straight as much as the next guy but i do this job i you know i one of the best parts about this job is for me at least is the is the interaction with people right and like having those kind of interactions that kind of history 
is really valuable because ultimately law is a relationship business. It's a business and it also makes makes the job worth doing, I think, is, is having these kinds of interactions on, on a daily basis with people who are, you know, thank you for the work that you do, who are grateful for the work that you do and grateful for, you know, the, the, the relationship that you um that you've built, um, not just for the legal advice that you're able to give them. I mean, I'm really proud of being a lawyer. I'm really proud of of being able to um, give someone expertise and a legal answer. But I'm also really proud to be friends with these with these people. It makes the job fun. It makes the job sustainable. You know, and and, and transactions sometimes don't always go the best, and sometimes it can bring out you know bring out a lot of frustration and and difficulty. And to have that deeper connection. And that trusting relationship with someone on a personal level where they can see you as a person and you can see them as a person really, really helps, really helps, um, you know, make the make the job um, uh, more fun under the best of circumstances and also more fun in the worst of circumstances. Did you have one more example it was in, during COVID? Of yes, I do. Yes. So we had this opportunity to meet with some um, important decision makers at J.P. Morgan. It was something that, again, you know, reiterating that relationship, right? Mike Gordon has over time, and I, I have too, I've helped with it, developed a really close relationship with one of the in-house lawyers at J.P. Morgan. She's wonderful, and she's just a wonderful person and a really great advocate for us internally. Um, but she um, wanted to set us up with an opportunity to meet some decision makers. Um, in particular, she wanted to focus on uh, attorneys of um, color, of attorneys with diverse backgrounds, um, so that we could have, you know, a, a broader connection with the institution. So not just, you know, through Mike Gordon, but also through, you know, Jing Jin and Kaimisha Colomb and, you know, Jamie Erickson. And so she organized a, um, a Zoom coffee break, which, you know, as with all things Zoom, during COVID, if it's not done well, can be super duper awkward. I mean, she had nine people on her side. We had three people on our side. It would have just been a panel of faces on the screen sitting around, you know, talking about, I don't know, business stuff <laughs> and getting to know each other. Um, and, you know, we would have been out of sight, out of mind. And who knows if they would have even remembered our names afterwards. But we had this great idea. Hey, it's a coffee break. What would you do in a real world setting? I mean, notwithstanding the fact that these people that we were meeting were in different markets, if you were to actually meet somebody for coffee, you would go to a coffee shop. You would have coffee with them. You would maybe have a biscotti. Um, and we're like, well, we could replicate that. We could try to replicate that in 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 distance, you know, through remotely. So we asked um, Christine Yu to prepare some care packages for um, for each of the people who we knew were going to be on the coffee. Um, and this were coffee-themed care packages, right? So we had a box. Um, you filled it with local treats. We had coffee in there. We had tea for the tea drinkers. We had cookies. Um, we had chocolates. Um, we had a Taft mug, of course. And... Um, and we packaged it up with a nice note, uh, you know, personalized note. Um, and we had them overnighted through FedEx to every person who was going to be on the call. And, you know, I mean, that's not an, a cheap thing to do. It ended up being probably, you know, a few hundred dollars, um, all told with uh, with supplies and, and stuff and, and the shipping costs. But, I mean, the impact that we made was huge. So these bankers who were not expecting to receive anything suddenly have 
you know, at their front doorstep, this big package that they weren't expecting coming from Taft. And they're like, wait, Taft, I mean, aren't we having a coffee with them tomorrow? And they open it up, and here is delicious treats for them. And uh, and they, they, you know, send effusive emails right away. So right before we even were going to be on this call, they were already were thinking about us in a positive way. And, um, you know, making an impact sitting on their kitchen counter or whatever, you know, they could see it right there. There's Taft. Here's Taft. And a great way to get to know you a little bit even before you guys meet. Um, exactly. Exactly. You don't need an icebreaker anymore when you when that is right. your icebreaker. You don't need to waste time going around trying to feel each other out. They already know what we're about. Uh-huh. And, and and right off the bat, you know, they're they're positively inclined towards us. Um and, and that was a really you know, in, in times of like in, in COVID times, that's a way that you can still have that personal touch without seeing someone face to face. That that's not just, you know, having a zoom zoom call that everyone forgets about after it's over right and it's okay to try new things and it's okay to do things you've never done before you know and you can take small steps to do those sending a box of 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 coffee and treats is a small thing but you have no idea what how much of an impact it will make and so people who haven't done that before and don't have those deep relationships there's still a ton of things that they can do as well yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the last example is an example of a circumstance where I didn't really have pre-existing relationships with them. I mean, other than the in-house lawyer who I knew, the other people mm-hmm. on the call, one of them I knew, like, by name, but I didn't really have any sort of ongoing relationship with them. I didn't interact with them regularly. There were others on the call that I never had interacted with at all. And so, you know, did I feel like I took a chance with the with the box of goodies? Not really. I mean, who doesn't want a box of goodies? <laughs> So so I think, you know, we just need to be willing to try those things. If they land and have a great impact, that's great. If they don't, that's okay too. I mean, it's really not that much more awkward than going to coffee with someone that you barely know. You know, and, and the chances are still good that it will have a good impact. And if it does have that good impact, then then you've accomplished what you needed to accomplish. And that creates the foundation to build more of a relationship as time goes on. Thanks, Jing, for sharing your insights and some of the creative approaches you've used to build client relationships, even in today's virtual world. It's important to think of virtual events, not as small, one-off presentations, but as value-added, engagement-driven experiences aimed to create an impact that extends well beyond the computer screen. And I certainly think that the examples you shared with us today do that. Thanks, Catherine. Now, let's talk about some other creative ideas for client engagement as an alternative to webinars or in-person social events. There are so many other creative outreach ideas out there, it can seem overwhelming at first to try to decide which direction to take. I think the main thing to consider is each specific client's interests. Some things I'm working on for the Minneapolis office include virtual game show battle room between attorneys and clients, a virtual cocktail making class, a wine tasting with a Napa Valley vineyard that one of our attorneys has a membership with, and one that I think is especially fun, a Broadway at-home event. Each year, our private client group takes a group of women who are referral sources to a Broadway show that comes to town. This year, we're sending them all a month-long subscription to Broadway HD and a night-in basket with treats to enjoy while they watch their favorite Broadway shows. And then we'll ask them to share some of their favorites with the group, 
The ideas are endless, and each client is unique. One client may love for you to send them lunch from their favorite restaurant to enjoy over a Zoom call together, while another would love to attend a virtual cooking class. As Jing said, it's all about building community. So whatever you try to invest in with your clients in a personal way is going to make all the difference. Exactly. Now, hopefully you're finding yourself inspired by Jing's creativity or one of the ideas that Christine just mentioned, and you may even want to put together a virtual event of your own. Please reach out to myself, Christine, or any member of the marketing and business development team, as we would be happy to talk with you and brainstorm ideas for virtual engagement with clients that complement your overall business development goals and ultimately best serve your clients. Thank you for listening and stay well.